Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSIN, the sports betting network. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome into the show. It's Betting Across America, and we are presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Pritchard, one of your hosts. I'm in Las Vegas. Your other host is on East Coast. Josh Applebaum is in Boston. Josh, how are you? Pritch, I'm doing great. Happy Wednesday, my man. And today's an exciting day. We'll talk to our buddy Adam Burke, break down a lot of these lines. But, Pritch, I don't know about you. Like, you know, I like looking at these opening night lines. Uh-huh. Or, you know, the, the first, you know, like Sunday night, you get the first numbers for, for you know, the next week in, in football. But then, like, today, I think today's the kind of, it's like a quiet day. You don't have much football. You're, you know, you're, you want, we're thirsty for some action. But these are the homework days that if you put in the work, you put in the time, I think you can really benefit later on. So a lot of line moves are, are, are changing uh, as we speak, Pritch. And then also college football, there's really interesting system I want to get to later. Unranked favorites against ranked opponents. West Virginia matches that this week. So a lot of things uh, going on here, Pritch. But great to be with you on Wednesday. How you feeling, my man? Are you feeling good? I'm feeling great. First of all, it's our third show, the new format, and we get introduced by Brent Musburger. So I've never had a game called by Brent, but to get introduced by Brent, I mean, look, I'm filing out away. I'm recording that, and I'm putting that in my memory bank. I'm right there with you, Fritz. No, it's funny, yeah, because I hear the intros and all yep. the stuff going on. It's so exciting. And I'm like, yeah. he says Josh Apple. I'm like, Brent Musburger's saying my name. So, Fritz, <laughs> right. we've been grinding for so long. Hey, I think uh, I think we earned our spot here. But every day we got to prove that we belong here. So we're gonna keep on going. But seriously, that gets me jazz every time I hear the legend. Uh, you know, kind of say our names before each show. Yeah, as a player, Josh, we were always on the hot seat. So we're always on the hot seat with the show. <laughs> so let's go. Um, we got news and notes. Normally, we get the uh, news about injury reports. 
Uh, we get coaches speaking at the podium, players as well. So maybe a little bit more intel information uh, before we make these bets. So let's get to it. Denver Broncos. Uh, they got a big uh, game uh, coming up this week, traveling across country. I got intel. They're back in Denver. They're preparing in Denver. They're going to fly out on Friday. Uh, so big line here. They're laying six on the road, uh, but they got some key injuries. Wide receiver Jerry Judy, his ankle. He's on IR, short-term IR. Uh, starting cornerback Ronald Darby. He's uh, with a hamstring. He's on short-term IR as well. They're going to elevate Kendall Hinton. Remember him, the quarterback? Uh, he's going to replace Judy. Uh, and then Nate Hairston is going to replace Darby. So I think you're leaning towards the Jags here. I don't know if you bet the game or not uh, from a dog situation, uh, but does this give you pause at all? So, Pritch, I'm kind of walking the tightrope right now. We're on the kind of the key number of six, seven, you know, three. These are the numbers we always keep in our head. But I want to see if maybe I can find a six and a half with the Jaguars. But this would match okay. to me, uh, again, going into each week, I like to have my systems, my strategies, and overarching things that can kind of guide me that week. So, again, last week we talk about all the time, dogs, 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 dogs. They were great, 12-4 and four ATS, nine outright wins. Week two, we've been heading on it all week, is overreaction week. So, this would really qualify, especially with these injuries, that makes me a little more confident. Uh, and, again, I don't know if confidence is the right word, Pritch, am I confident Urban Meyer and the Jags? No, never. But playing a number here, I think there could be some value. So you kind of just look at uh, number one, you know, just kind of the way uh, the public perception of these teams is. You look at uh, obviously Denver, who rolled over the Giants there, sharp move there, minus one, all the way up to minus three. No matter what number you played, or if you go went money line there, they came through for you bigly in that one, 27 13, cover that three. But then the Jags, Jags were, uh, again, I was happy because on the Texans there and they came through, mm -hmm. but they just got crushed there. A three point favorite, even three and a half at some shops on the road then up losing 37 21 in that spot so you put it all together Pritch you have one team that was a favored played well played great and covered against another team that was favored and lost straight up so to me this is really going to be a, a buy low sell high perfect overreaction week play on Jacksonville now we do know Teddy two gloves uh, is always rough to bet against here Pritch especially right. as a dog as a favorite he's still profitable but not quite as good as he is as a dog Teddy two gloves 36 and 14 ATS 72 percent covering these numbers, but this is a perception play to me, Pritch. Everybody's back in Denver saying easy, easy win. The Jags stink. They kind of went on a limb in week one and said, Hey, maybe they will be, maybe it'll be different this year. Maybe they'll, they'll play well with a new coach, new quarterback, but then it's the same old Jags and the public is right off them. So I like to now jump on the bandwagon when everyone's clear in the, the bandwagon here, Pritch, <laughs> you're getting a six point dog at home, kind of a dog with a low total type situation, 45 at home. And also Pritch, you know, some of these books were six and a half. I don't know if seven was ever out there, but I saw six and a half fall down to six. So yet in all these injuries to Denver, obviously Jerry Judy uh, and these other issues that they're dealing with to me, the value is buying low on the Jags here, Pritch. I'm going to wait though, because I think, you know, when you identify games earlier in the week, then you say to yourself, okay, should I bet it now? Right. Cause line's going to get worse or should I wait? Cause line will get better. I think there's an outside shot that all week you're going to hear uh, public narrative on all the big media shows saying the Jags are terrible. The Broncos are great. That may, if this in lopsided betting increases, where it's like three out of four bets on Denver, mm -hmm. do we get to six and a half by game day? That's what I'm waiting for. But here's the thing: if we if we start to see the juice plus six minus one fifteen to the Jags, like it's falling to five and a half, then I think kind of that key six would be worth jumping on. But call me crazy, Pritch. I'll be buying low on Jacksonville home dog in the heat, kind of a, right. a you know West Coast quasi team going east for an early game. I think there's a lot of reasons to like the Jags, even though I don't know how confident I am, but I like the number there with that team. Okay, great insight right there because there's a lot of noise already. Urban Meyer, SC, all this stuff. He doesn't like the team. He doesn't want to coach. He's going to quit. There's a lot of noise for the casual better, but uh, the data, which you focus on, certainly 
suggests that the Jaguars might be a good play right there. Let's move on uh, to the Washington football team. By the way, we're going to have Nikki Javala on the program tomorrow. She's an outstanding insider from The Athletic. Uh, give us a preview of this game as well uh, before that game kicks off. Uh, but Ron Rivera... On quarterback Taylor Heineke, I keep wanting to say Heineken so bad, but it's Heineke. <laughs> uh, here's his quote. He plays a little bit like his hair is on fire and a little bit like a gunslinger. But I think and I hopefully believe that he's matured a little bit. He's learned to be patient, take, take what's given to him. And I think he has a really good feel for when he takes his shots, too. So, Kafka, I, uh, look. Cautiously optimistic right there from Ron Rivera. Not a lot of confidence there for his quarterback. But yet, to me, this suggests that, okay, as coaches, when we meet at night, when the players go home, we're keeping all this in mind. So as better, as a better, I'm, I'm looking at this quote. And here's where I get information from these coaches, uh, Josh. These coaches are going to go at night and they're going to game plan with this thought process in mind. So does that a long leash for Heineke, or is that a short leash? What type of game plan offensively will Washington have on a short week? Yes, yeah, interesting comment here by Rivera. Kind of sounds to me like maybe he wants him to play a little more conservative and the hair <laughs> on fire. That's all great, but you don't want to be throwing interceptions. Right. You don't want to be making crazy moves. You don't want to be, you know, running the ball over the middle, getting hit, fumbling. We saw that with Lamar Jackson to really open the door for the Raiders uh, in that Monday night game. But uh, Pritchard, I'm looking at here. So first off, Heineke, Heineken, whatever you want to call him, he's a sp- <laughs> he's got a special place in my heart for covering that number in that wild card game uh, against the Buccaneers last year, plus eight. But really, Pritch, I think the value is on the G-men in this spot. I've been looking at this line pretty much all week, and it reminds me a lot uh, of that Raiders game a, a little bit because you have both an injury and some respected money both moving toward the dog. So, again, we saw you know last time with the Raiders in the Monday night game, uh, it was four and a half, got all the way down to three. Kind of similar here with these injuries and with some dog money coming in. A lot of these books, when before the kind of the Heineke news came in and we heard that Fitzpatrick would be out for a while, a lot of these books actually opened, Pritch, Minus five, minus four and a mm-hmm. half here for Washington at home. The line's now all the way down to three and a half, and it's creeping down to three. Now, I got a bunch of system matches here that I really like on the Giants. So, number one would be looking at two winless teams take the road dog early in the season. That's been a profitable spot historically. Uh, if you look at these spots, uh, they're about 58% ATS the last decade. The other one here would be just a classic, classic divisional dog low total on the road reverse line move. So the Giants are checking off a lot of boxes. Again, in these divisional games, we tend to see very tight games. You know, uh, obviously the built-in familiarity levels the playing field. These teams know the opposing stadiums, coaches, all the matchups. That makes these games tighter and really benefits the team getting points in these divisional games. Also the low total. You know, Pritch, looks like some under money here. Total open 42 and a half. It's now down to 40 and a half. Might be late to the party if you want to get it now. I think, again, you want to get something closer to a 42 in that one. Uh, But when you're on a dog, a low total is a good thing because it means the fewer amount of expected points scored makes it harder for that favorite to cover the number. Now, on the flip side, if you're on a favorite, you want a high total. You know, I would say anything like close to 50 or more. That that way, more points expected to be scored easier for the favorite to cover. But, Pritch, to me, it's now about a hook and a key number. Like I fired on today, the Giants plus three and a half. Okay. Because what I'm seeing is this thing get down to three at a lot of these shops. And look at the juice. The juice isn't always going to be a guarantee of you know what happens next, but it's a pretty good indicator. It's not going to guarantee a team's going to win or lose, but it's telling you, it's answering that that question for betters that we all want to know. Should I bet it now 
or should I wait? And to me, if you like the G-men, you want to get it now because a lot of these three and a halfs are plus three and a half, minus 120 to the Giants mm -hmm. saying, hey, this is probably going to get down to three. The other side is if you like Washington, you want to wait and get the minus three. But, you know, here, Pritch, I got a divisional dog on the road, a little contrarian in a heavily bet primetime game. Dogs are off to a great start. The line's moving to the Giants. I grab the three and a half in the hook. That way, a three-point loss, hopefully I cover there uh, with the hook. So if you like the Giants, right. I would bet them today. I wouldn't wait for tomorrow. It could get down to three. Then they lose by three. You push. Mm -hmm. And if you were a little early bird, you know, getting the worm, getting the hook, you could cover there. That total was interesting to me, too, because of these comments. And also, okay, you just said the line's moving towards the Giants, too. And and so I factor in these comments from Coach Rivera right there, like how conservative. I mean, he's a defensive-minded coach. I didn't get that. And so now you have these reserved comments for a quarterback. Uh, this going to start for you. Uh, Saquon Barkley listed as questionable uh, on the injury report, too. Let's move on to some news that dropped today. Odell Beckham Jr. Will, won't play this week, Josh. Uh, so he's, gonna, he's already ruled out uh, in the Cleveland Browns game coming up. We're going to have uh, Adam Burke, who just moved out from Cleveland. He's going to be on the program. He's out in Vegas now. Sports betting analyst here at VSIN. Uh, really give us an in-depth look right there, too. But what do you think of that development there with Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, so obviously a tough break here. Uh, you know, Odell is a guy you really want to pair uh, and with Landry and really get your offense, uh, you know, high firepower and everything moving in the right direction. But here, Pritch, you know, uh, I actually like Houston. It's kind of a, a okay. gross play for me, but I saw some of these books open <laughs> kind of. minus 13 down to 12 and a half. So got some systems later there we can share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, that is that's going to be an interesting play. We'll get more involved in that for sure. Uh, Indeed helps you hire great people fast. In fact, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all all other job sites combined, according to Talentness. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. When we continue the program, I just mentioned Adam Burke. Uh, he's going to be in studio. Just moved out from Cleveland. Uh, boots on the ground. Kind of intel right there from Adam. Also, some other breakdowns of games on the schedule. Adam Burke coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the sports betting network. Football season is here and it's time to download BetMGM Sports, Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Just download the app, stop by any MGM casino on the strip, have your state-issued ID, open an account, and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love the technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions, must be at least 21, and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back to the show. Betting Across America, Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you, and please be joined right now in studio by Adam Burke. Uh, he's a VSEN Sports betting analyst. Adam, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing today, Pritch? Doing great. Doing great. Josh Applebaum out in Boston uh, as well. Um, so, Adam, Odell Beckham Jr. is ruled out. Uh, I know some of your plays involved the, the Cleveland Browns. You just moved out from Cleveland. The impact of a second week without Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's actually a good thing for Cleveland. Honestly, I am on the under in this week's game, though. But I do think it's a good thing for Cleveland because I've noticed that when OBJ is in the lineup, mm-hmm. You, you try to placate him. You know, you try to keep him happy. And so I think that's something that's actually been a negative for Baker Mayfield, just feeling like he kind of has to force feed the ball to him a little bit. So I think it's actually a good thing for the Browns. I think their offense looked really good in the first half last week. Some issues in the second half, certainly. But I think it's a good thing for the Browns here not to have Beckham. They can worry about getting him reassimilated into the offense down the line a little bit. 
Adam, it's great to see you and great to talk NFL with you today. Now, you sent us uh, some data and some things you want to talk about today. I just wanted to really hammer home some teaser conversation talk here because uh, you're looking at a couple of big favorites, both Cleveland and both Tampa Bay. They're kind of in similar situations. They're both 12.5-point favorites at home. Now, those are big numbers in the NFL. We all know that. But really, if you're looking at teaser opportunities, uh, there could be some value there. If you take both these teams down 12.5, down to 6.5, you go through multiple key numbers, the 10 and the 7. So can you just talk about, you know, uh, I think the thought process is, hey, I'll just tease something up or down, increase my chances of winning. But the key number is huge here. And just maybe talk to us why or your your approach when you see these big, uh, big favorites. You know, what's the best way to play them in a teaser spot? Yeah, I do want to preface this by saying that you've got to get Tampa Bay at six, at 12 and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, you, at 13, you're not getting any value on a six-point teaser because you wind up taking them down to seven. So it has to be a book that's got 12 or 12 and a half out there. And there are some of those that are out there. We know about the Wong teaser. We, we know about teasing through three and seven. That's something that came about, I think it's 30 years ago now, maybe even 40 years ago now. And that's when totals were a lot lower in the NFL. We're talking about an average total, you know, 39, 40, 41, something like that. Now that we have a higher scoring environment, there is a little bit more equity in teasing some of these big favorites down, as Josh mentioned, through the seven, through the 10, even eight is a fall number now because you've got you know, the extra point being moved back and all of that. So it's one of those things where if you can get a team from 12 and a half down to six and a half, I think there's some significant equity in that now that we have this higher scoring environment. So you got the Browns and the Bucks here, both in that 12 and a half range, take them down below the seven in games that have higher scoring totals. I think there's some pretty good value in doing something like that. And something we talked about on last week's segment, Pritch, you kind of worry about some of these teams with expectations early on Mm -hmm. in the year. Are they able to win by margin? Maybe, maybe not. But if you get them down in that six and a half range, gives you a little bit more margin for error if maybe they don't play their best. Or, of course, you know, if there's a garbage time touchdown in the back door or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Great philosophy right there. We're speaking with Adam Burke. He's in studio, uh, VSIN Sports betting analyst. You can follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. Uh, so, Adam, uh, a game uh, of interest, too. I think you might have a play on it. Bills, Dolphins, uh, trying to take recency bias out of this, right? Uh, the Buffalo Bills are a team that scored over 30 points a game last year. Didn't play well against Pittsburgh. Uh, back-to-back games against tough defenses, too. Yeah, you know, while the Miami defense is good, I think, from a base standpoint, they don't have the pass rush that okay. Pittsburgh has. And that was one of the big things about last week's game is that Josh Allen was harassed a lot in that game. And what we know about the Bills, and you mentioned them scoring over 30 points per game last year, explosive plays. That's a big part of their offense, and if you don't have time to throw – You can't create those explosive plays. You can't let your wide receivers create separation. I think that's easier this week for the Bills against the Dolphins. Last week, Miami could not get off the field on third down. Mac Jones was 9 of 12, had seven first down completions on third down. The Bills had the best third down offense in the NFL last year at almost 50%, 49.7%. So if Miami can't get off the field against Mac Jones, are they getting off the field against Josh Allen? I don't think so. I think last week we saw one of the lesser performances of the year for Buffalo I think they're a much better team than that. And I think the Dolphins kind of are what they are. So I laid the three and a half here this week. I do like Buffalo in this one. I don't really believe in Tua and the Dolphins don't have a running game either. Adam, let's stay in the AFC East, talk Patriots and Jets here. This is intriguing because I think, obviously, it's a huge line move. We saw the Patriots open at a lot of shops, minus three and a half. They're all the way up you know, to a key number of six right now. So that's a huge move, huge adjustment. Tells me probably when this line dropped, you had a lot of wise guys who set their own numbers saying, hey, that three and a half is way too low. Let's hit it. Let's move it. So um, I think you had targeted New England earlier in the week, Adam. But let me just ask you this. like, How do you handle this if someone walks up to you and says, man, Patriots, uh, I love them this week, but it's now at minus six. You know, how do you approach that? Is it like, hey, 
you missed that good number, you might as well lay off. Or just what's your take on big, big line moves? If you don't get the good number early, is the smarter play just to just to lay off at that point? Yeah, I mean, I would say at minus five and a half, the Patriots are still of interest. At six, as you mentioned, a key number, a number that the game could possibly fall on. A little bit of a different situation there. But I did play New England minus three and a half earlier in the week. And, you know, just like I mentioned to Pritch there talking about the Patriots-Dolphins game, I thought New England played pretty well last week, all things considered. I thought Mac Jones played well last week. The Jets didn't. The Jets had no offensive rhythm whatsoever in their game against the Panthers. And there's a stat that's out there, and I don't exactly have it in front of me, and shame on me for that. But Bill Belichick is dominant against rookie quarterbacks. And it's a straight-up stat, but you know the fact here is that Belichick's facing a, a second-time starter and, and Zach Wilson making his second career start. And you've got to think the Patriots have a good defensive game plan for that. And like I said, Mac Jones played well. So Mm -hmm. took the three and a half earlier in the week. I think at five and a half, it's still okay. At six, that makes it a little more difficult to play. Yeah, it gets tough uh, with uh, certain numbers and turnovers, too, because we're going to see that early on uh, in the season. We're still in the month of September. So speaking of turnovers, uh, you know, the Raiders game was – was wacky. <laughs> I was at that game uh, here. Now they go on a short week. I did box score study. Uh, I looked at the 80 plays offensively uh, by the Las Vegas Raiders. Now they're going to go on the road. Some key injuries to uh, the Raiders as well. Uh, you got the Steelers at home. Lid lifter for the Steelers at home, minus five and a half. Yeah, I mean, very difficult spot for the Raiders. I mean, you know, such an emotional game. They thought they won it once. Then they actually did win it in walk-off fashion. And, you know, now you go across the country. You play Mm -hmm. that early 10 a.m. kickoff, and that's something I'm sure you could speak to, Mm -hmm. you know, what that does to your body clock and all of that. Short week. John Gruden doesn't really like the short week. He's kind of talked about that before. But even more so than just the spot. I mean, look. Pittsburgh has that phenomenal pass rush, as we know. Last week, the Raiders called for three offensive holding penalties on the line, one of them from Alex Leatherwood. Does he get matched up with T.J. Watt? How does that matchup go for the Raiders in this game? Probably not particularly well. Also, you look at the Raiders here, 1-7 straight up last year when they scored 27 or fewer points, 1-7 straight up in 2019 when they scored 21 or fewer points. This is not a team that can thrive in a low-scoring environment. They have to win shootouts. They have to win high-scoring games. Pittsburgh doesn't allow a lot of points on defense. So, to me, I don't think you need the Steelers to get a whole lot of points in this game to cover the five-and-a-half number. I do like Pittsburgh in this one, uh, sad to say, Mm -hmm. but I did get caught up being now a Las Vegas local in that game on Monday night. That was a lot of fun, and uh, kudos to you for being lucky enough to be there. Hey, I wasn't going to miss that one. (laughs) But I I love what he said right there, Josh, uh, about – the Raiders needing a volume of points. I mean, a low-scoring affair does not favor uh, the Raiders at all, and that's the type of intel I'm looking for is a better. Yeah, I think Adam hits the nail on the head there. There are certain teams where the the, the style of play really suits mm-hmm. them. It's a low bog down game. Obviously, that's kind of the game they like to play. These higher scoring games, the Raiders, that's where they're most comfortable. Uh, Adam, I know we're up against it. Let me throw another one at you. Uh, I, one thing I'm looking for, we hit, talk about it a lot at Vison this week, overreaction week, buying low on teams that didn't play well, selling high on teams that did play well. I think there's just this huge public narrative mismatch here that I think you can take advantage of by going the other way. So uh, I wonder your thought, thoughts on the Rams and the Colts. The Rams look great. They blew out 
Chicago 34 uh, to 14, easily covered the nine and a half there. Obviously, the Colts uh, got rolled there by Seattle at home, 28 to 16, didn't cover as a three-point dog. But Adam, am I crazy? I kind of like the Colts here. They're at home. Uh, again, you have uh, the Rams going West Coast East for a one o'clock game. Also, you had the Rams open minus four. A lot of these shops are falling and looking like they're going down to three and a half. We're showing four on our screen, but I'm seeing a lot of these books juiced up and going to three and a half. So what do you think? Could this be a bio opportunity? Can the Colts keep this within a field goal? What's your take on Rams Colts here? It's not a play that I'm on, but I certainly understand where your mindset is with this game with, you know, the Colts being a little bit of a sharper side there. The one thing that's interesting, I think, and I know we're up against the break here, but Pritch, we talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. We want to know how the Rams looked, right? The Rams offense looked good. Matt Stafford looked good. The Colts who didn't get a lot of reps with Carson Wentz in the preseason, they didn't look particularly good. Does that change over the five, six days of practice here this week? I don't know if that's going to be the case. So I'm staying off of this game, but I understand the sharper love for the underdog Colts at home. Yeah, back-to-back home games, too. You would think that that would favor the Colts a little bit. Um, but you're right about the Rams. Maybe an in-game situation right mm-hmm. there. I was looking for that. didn't see anything too attractive as the game was tightening up there. Uh, but then the Rams were able to pull away for sure. We get outstanding analysis from Adam Burke. We're going to keep him. He's not leaving. We've got another segment with Adam College Football coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSIN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vsin.com data and analysis. You get everything vsin has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. And so is Adam Burke, uh, sports betting analyst here at VSIN. Follow him on Twitter, skating at skating. Uh, Try pause right there. Adam, questions about college football. We're into what, week three? Uh, We've already seen a coach get fired. Uh, unbelievable. But here we go. Miami, um, Michigan State. What do you like in this matchup? Yeah, one of the first games on the board by rotation order here. I like Miami in this one. You know, Miami's six and a half point favorite in this game. And you know, look, I had this game 17 and a half coming into the season. Okay. So I know that Miami has not looked particularly good. They played Alabama. Very few teams look good against Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then a close win over an Appalachian State team that is always very, very formidable against FBS or against uh, Power Five teams. So I didn't really take too much away from Miami. And Michigan State, they beat Northwestern. I think Northwestern's very bad this year. They beat Youngstown State. That's fine. But I just think that we've seen an over-adjustment in this number. The game of the year line was in the 14-and-a-half range. I think this has been over-adjusted a little bit based on two weeks. And also, too, for Michigan State here, going down to South Florida, going to be hot, mm-hmm. going to be humid, temperatures in the mid-80s, heat index around 100. That takes a lot out of you when you get into the second half of a game, especially against an athletic team like Miami. So I, I laid the points with Miami this week, taking that or laying that 6-and-a-half. 
Adam, let me throw a Mountain West matchup at you. This one's really intriguing. I don't know if a lot of people are focusing on it, but it definitely seems like Sharps have hit this number. Utah State and Air Force, both of these teams 2-0. and What I've noticed is a pretty decent move here to Utah State quietly. You know, a lot of these books open Air Force around minus 9.5. I even saw a 10 opener. Now these numbers are all the way down to, across the board, 8. I even see some 7.5s here. So this line is falling toward Utah State. Uh, matches, to me, kind of a grinder system I look at. Conference road dogs, uh, 10 points or less with a line move in their favor. Uh, typically, again, we talk about divisional dogs in both the MLB and NFL. These conference dogs, the familiarity also kind of benefits the team getting points. But I think, Adam, maybe it's the offense of Utah State. We know Air Force is great defensively, only getting up eight points a game. But Utah State is averaging 37 points through two games. And if you're getting, you know, seven and a half, eight, eight and a half points here with kind of a low total in college, around 54, it looks like that, that did tick up a little bit. What do you think? Can Utah State plus the points keep this thing close and do you still see value in the current number or is it hey it's moved so much and maybe it's a little dicey at this point yeah I like Utah State quite a bit in this game and in fact I like a sprinkle on the money line here too getting eight eight and a half in that range I don't even know if the points matter in this game that's how high I am on Utah State here was a little bit high on them coming into the season but now seeing what they're actually doing 6.8 yards per play and Pritch and I were actually talking during the break about looking at the sideline for morale sort of looking at body language and all of that for Utah State last year with Gary Anderson, no morale whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a toxic situation. It was very uncomfortable for everybody. Blake Anderson, widely regarded as one of the nicest head coaches in college football, obviously had a very you know, tough personal situation there with Arkansas State, goes to Utah State. It's a team playing hard, a team playing well. He brought over his quarterback, Logan Bonner, with him. And this offense is humming. And the thing about playing a service academy is you have to be efficient on offense because you don't know how many possessions that you're actually going to get. Utah State has been efficient. And something else I think is important for listeners to do, look for context clues in the handicap. As Josh mentioned, this total went up mm -hmm. from about 50 and a half, I think was the opener, all the way up to 54. You don't see a lot of over movement in Air Force games or service academy games because they chew up the clock. They run those, you know, 17 play drives and all of that. To me, that implies that Utah State has success offensively in this game. So that makes me like them even more. Take the eight and a half, but also I think this is worth a sprinkle on the money line, too. I, I love that analysis right there, too, because a lot of people will look at the situation short week for preparation for Utah State because of an option. Right. Right. Uh, but I mean, these coaches, they understand how to defend the option. It's conveying it to the players and making sure the players can execute how to stop the dive on the option play. If you do that, OK, now it becomes a perimeter game and that might play into your strengths defensively. Right. And of course, the new defensive coordinator for Utah State, Ephraim Banda, came mm -hmm. from Miami. Mm -hmm. Miami played Georgia Tech a lot. Right. And he was the safeties coach. And the safeties are critically important when it comes to defending the option so that they make the right read, prevent that from becoming a big play, something like that. I just love this coaching staff upgrade, big upgrade at quarterback for Utah State. I think they're worth playing this week, and I think it could potentially take a little bit of time for the odds makers to fully catch up to them. Adam, let me get your take on Kent State and Iowa. This one's intriguing, you know, uh, and I think you're looking at the total here, but what's intriguing to me is both these teams are 2-0 to the under, uh, and yet this thing is on the rise a little bit. This total open around, I'm seeing some shops like 55. Now you can get upwards of 57. So I think, uh, you know, depending on your perception of this game, it's like, hey, is this the week where they finally score some points in an over, or is it, hey, maybe the odds makers have this thing wrong and you're getting an inflated number where you can take the under 57 now and get two points off the opener. So uh, how does this Kent State matchup uh, offense matchup against Iowa, you know, Kent's averaging 35 points a game, but Iowa, as we know, only giving up almost 11 and a half points a game. So what do you think, Adam, this, the totals on the rise, but uh, maybe is this money getting it wrong? Would you lean under here with these teams that have gone both two and O to the under so far? 
I do like the under in this game. And one of the things we talked about in last week's segment, the Rutgers and Syracuse under. It was one of those situations where Rutgers scored 61 points in week one. They were plus five in turnover margin. It was a very misleading mm-hmm. 61 points. Oddly enough, Iowa has a misleading 61 points on the season. They've only averaged 3.84 yards per play on the year. They are better than Rutgers, Georgia State, Navy, UConn, and Louisiana Monroe in yards per play. And that's it. But they've scored an average of about 30 points per game here. So Iowa's offense is not good at all. They are not good whatsoever. I think the worry here with the total, maybe the reason why this total has gone up a little bit, Kent State plays with a lot of tempo. They Mm -hmm. play very, very fast. So if Iowa kind of gets into that tempo, kind of plays a little bit of an up-and-down type of game, maybe this one does end up higher scoring. But for me, I'm fading this Iowa offense. I think the under is the way to look in this game because I think Kirk Ferentz goes into this game and says, I want to control the football. I want to control the ball, control the trenches, run the clock. Let's just avoid any kind of landmine in this game and get out of here and get ready for Big Ten play down the line. So I think the under is a really good look here in this one where Kent State, look, they ran 75 plays against Texas Mm A&M, only scored 10 points, only had 4.5 yards per play in that one. Could see a similar thing here from them. So I think under 56 and a half, and maybe even wait on this one, because as Josh said, there are 57s out there. Maybe it keeps going up a little bit as we get closer to kickoff. How much do you factor in noise in college football? Because uh, (laughs) I'm watching Iowa, Iowa State, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, making a case about Iowa becoming a playoff team already because he saw Ohio State lose. And so that's what Herb Street does, right? He, he's a proxy for the Big Ten, if you will. And so uh, I think there's some noise there for Iowa, but does that influence lines at all, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think narratives really do influence lines. And, and I mentioned, you know, that Belichick stat that I, again, I should have pulled up during the break, but I think that's something that's kind of forced that Patriots line to mm-hmm. run out a little bit. At least that's a stat. At least that's kind of, you know, founded in something. But yeah, you know, a lot of people just get their coverage from ESPN okay. or, you know, some of the other mainstream networks that are out there. And those narratives do create some biases in the betting markets. So I think it's a really sound point by you. And speaking of crowd noise, a different kind of noise, You know, you've got a fast-tempo team that runs a lot of checks at the line and all that. Mm. That could throw Kent State off in this game, too. So uh, thank you for that unintentional (laughs) reference there by you. But that's another angle that I thought about now. Sure. Yeah, Adam, I think I might have found it for you. Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, 21-6 and six straight up. Go. So it's not an ATS, but definitely, uh, you know, gives them fits and starts here. I know we're up against it. I want to get your take on the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, obviously, Alabama and Florida, two undefeated teams. is going to be the most heavily, heavily bet game by far, uh, 3.30, right in that big afternoon window where everyone's tuning in on Saturday. I'm seeing a little bit movement here uh, toward Florida here, Adam. You know, open Alabama minus 15 at a lot of shops. It's now down 14.5, maybe even going to 14 here. You've seen some over money as well. Looks like uh, pros really like maybe a high-scoring game here. It's going to be very hot, no wind in the swamp, 57.5 up to 59.5. Do you have any trust? And, again, to me, Florida's really contrarian with the line move in their favor. They kind of look sharp to me. But can you bet against Saban? He's 55% ATS at Alabama uh, as a favorite. What do you think, Adam, here? Any lean to the over and any lean here on the spread? I can't bet on Florida here. You know, I mean, I know Anthony Richardson's made some big plays, although he was hobbled at the end of that game last weekend. So, you know, that's something I think is a little bit concerning because if Emory Jones struggles in this game for Florida, and that's Mm -hmm. certainly a possibility, will Florida have Richardson at 100% to go to? I don't know if that's going to be the case. I do agree with the move on the over here. I think we could definitely see some points in this game. Florida's defense has been a little bit inconsistent over the last couple of years. We know that Dan Mullen has to understand that, 
you can't win a 17-14 game against Alabama. You, you have to try to outscore Alabama, much like Lane Kiffin tries to do at Ole Miss. So I think this is a game that maybe has some tempo, maybe has some big plays, good challenge for this Alabama defense that is replacing some guys. So I agree with that move towards the over. As far as the side goes, I think you probably have to take Florida or nothing, but I just I can't get there with Florida right now. Mm, and then I think you recognize a move uh, away from Ohio State and their game against Tulsa. Yeah, Ohio State, this is what I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, nobody can guard this Ohio State passing game. Right. I and mean, they, they racked up over 600 yards against Oregon. No one can cover Olave. If you, if you try to double him, you can't cover Garrett Wilson. If you try to double both of those guys, Smith and Jigba is going to beat you from the slot or something else. So I just don't know how Tulsa keeps up in this game. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. Ohio State needs style points the rest of the way now. So for me, it's Ohio State minus the points. Well, great job. Pleasure to have you in studio. Absolutely. Glad to be here again. Adam Burke, a sports betting analyst here at VSIN. Follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. When we continue the program, we're going to deep dive into some more betting market insights. Josh Applebaum is coming up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my That's my Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Betting Across America with Mike Pritchard and Josh Applebaum on VSEN, the sports betting network. Get your payout before the game's out with BetMGM. Place a Moneyline wager on any Thursday night football game, and if your team is up by 10 or more points at halftime, you win. So full payout for only half the game, no matter what happens the rest of the way. Simply go to your BetMGM account and opt in each week to the Thursday night halftime payout promotion. Want to keep things rolling? Try BetMGM's extensive live betting options in the third quarter, or use your winnings to place a one-game parlay on Sunday. If you're new to BetMGM, download the app and see how you can turn halftime into cash time. Make a money line bet on Thursday night, and if your team is up by 10 or more, you'll win at the half. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Opt-in required. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be at least 21. Please gamble responsibly. If you feel you have a problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Welcome back to the program. It's Betting Across America. Mike Pritchard, Josh Applebaum with you today. So, Josh, we got some insights we need from you. Uh, some odds dropping and changing. AFC North, uh, after we saw the Ravens lose on Monday Night Football, uh, they're still the favorite, though, from a divisional standpoint, uh, plus 130. Uh, and then you got the Browns, who also lost to the Chiefs, though, on the road, plus 175. The Steelers, uh, plus 300. Uh, and the Bengals, 16-1. to Your interpretation here, what's happening? Yeah, this stuff is intriguing to me, Pritch, because, again, you know, a lot of these numbers are moving based on a one-game sample size, and we know it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, Mm -hmm. uh, again, did a team maybe, I'm not going to say get lucky, but outperform and just, you know, post a win, and maybe that's not truly as who they are, you know, at their core, or did a team play well and just lose, and now you can buy low on them. That's what I'm really looking at right now. So, in terms of this, if I'm looking at maybe a team to to buy low on, I think it's the Cleveland Browns here, Pritch. You know, they opened the, uh, the pre, the going into the season, plus 175, or actually plus 145 to win the division. This is a team that we targeted all throughout the summer. We talked at nauseum about Cleveland here, and you lose to Kansas City. Pritch, there's no, sh- there's no shame in losing to the Chiefs on the road at Arrowhead. Especially when, when you shouldn't you have lost. Had, exactly. When you shouldn't have lost. And imagine if they won that game, their odds would have definitely, you know, uh, you know, really improved a ton here. So I actually like the fact that, again, they lost that game, but there's a lot of good things to take away from that. Um, and then also Odell, you know, what are you going to get with Odell? That's a question mark, obviously, moving forward. But you're really leaning on, you know, Stefanski, Baker in this contract year, uh, a, a defense that was definitely uh, added to both in the draft and free agency, a great offensive line, a good running game. So now you can get a plus one. 75 on the open plus 145 to me that's the buy low play right now uh and again the chiefs are a great team you end up covering you probably should have won now you're giving me 30 cents uh added here to buy low on the browns i like that play the ravens again you got to respect lamar jackson but a lot of injuries there the steelers could be intriguing but now you're kind of missing that number 400 down to 300 Bengals, I don't think they're at the, even though they had a great cover there uh, and win outright against the Vikings, I don't mm-hmm. know if they're quite there yet. I think they're still, you know, a little a little far away. But look at the Browns uh, ticket money right. handle, Pritch. This is really notable to me. This is something we talk about all the time. 
you know, we all have opinions. We all have biases. But what is the actual data telling us? Almost half the tickets are on the Browns win this division. It accounts for almost 70% of the money. So even though it's kind of a public maybe division play, to me, the distinction is it's not just average Joe's liking the Browns win this division. It's big money respected betters because it's such a, a gap there, almost, you know, more than uh, or nearly 20% gap there with uh, with bet versus dollar discrepancy. So even though they lost, I'm getting 30 extra cents. Give me the Browns. It's a long year, Pritch, with 17 games. I like buying low on them to win the division after they fall to 0-1. Yeah, just based on that line movement right there, I mean, plus 145 to now plus 175 right there for the Browns. Okay, let's go to another division, the NFC East. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, impressive showing against Tampa Bay. Um, preseason, they were plus 105, now plus 125. You got the Eagles uh, that they were plus 400. Now they're plus 260. And the football team will get some intel again. Nikki Javala is going to be on tomorrow's program. Uh, she covers uh, the Washington football team for the athletic. They go from plus 320 to plus 375. Yeah, so Pritch, I think first off, this NFC East, which we've talked about all summer being wide open, you know, three of the four teams lose their opener. This could be another repeat of last year where you win eight games, you probably win the division, eight, nine, <laughs> something like that. So uh, it's just kind of uh, funny how the way the cookie crumbles here. But um, Pritch, you know, I look through uh, the the division odds here through the lens of quarterback play. To me, even though I think the Cowboys are kind of an, an overvalued every single year, America's team, they're flashy. Um, I kind of like the Cowboys if you're making me pick this spot. Again, similar to what we talked about with the Browns, you're buying low off a loss, even though they covered against a really good Bucks team defending champion here. Uh, it, so you open plus 105, now you're plus 125. You're getting 20 cents added to your uh, to your plus money payout here by buying low on Dallas. Again, no shame in losing to Tampa Bay week one. But the whole point to me, Pritch, not only an inflated number here, but quarterback play. Dak Prescott looked good to me. And again, that's really could be the difference in this division. You talk about coaches and quarterbacks in the NFL, how important they are. Am I a huge fan of McCarthy? Not really, but if you're you know putting all the quarterbacks in that division in a row, Dak uh, obviously Jalen hurts, uh, Washington. I love their defense, but now Fitzpatrick is out Heineke. We started the show off with that quote. He's a gunslinger, but he takes chances and can get you in bad spots. And Daniel Jones, who I really don't believe in. So getting me a little bit better of a number here. It's not a great ticket money handle. I'll be honest with okay. you. It's 19% bets, you know, 13% money. And that tells me going into the year, it was really more casual recreational betters betting the Cowboys. But I think at this point, if you're getting 20 extra cents and to me, Dak is head and shoulders, the best quarterback in this division. I kind of like the Cowboys. I, I would I would go with the boys here. What do you think, Pritch? Who would you take take in this um, NFC? You know, I kind of like the fact that uh, Coach Rivera said that Heineke plays with his hair on fire. I like that. Uh, they're they're cautiously optimistic about this quarterback, Josh, and that's intriguing to me. So certainly, I'm gonna have those questions for Nikki uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's show. But uh, no, I, I like the football team. I, I like a good defense, a solid defense is gonna get better. Uh, and then Heineke before Fitzpatrick got there, you know, he played in, in a playoff game. I mean, I, I think uh, in the locker room, that's, that's somebody that I can rally behind. It's similar to when we had to rally behind a John Kitna and we won a division. So, right, somebody who comes out of nowhere, you don't expect him to be in the league, but all of a sudden he helps you win games, you get on a roll, and you win the division. So I, I think that could happen with Washington. They're, they're really, really talented out there. Uh, we got to get to some baseball plays, though, Josh, because uh, the grind is real down the stretch here in the MLB. Uh, what do you have on today's schedule? 
Yeah, so good lightning round here, Pritchett. Just so you know, we're grinding MLB to the last yes, out of sir. the World Series. I know football is king, but hey, you start from the beginning, you go to the end. The true baseball grinders know what it's like uh, sticking to it all year. But I got a couple of games I just want to mention. Number one, game coming up not too far away here, about 15, 20 minutes from now, my Boston Red Sox. I'm looking at laying this number with the Red Sox here on the road at Seattle. They're in a really heated race here for that wild card spot with both Toronto and the Yankees. Boston opened around minus 115. They've been steamed up to minus 125. A couple system matches here I like on the Red Sox. Uh, you're getting steam 10 cents or more on a road team off a win. 60% this year, about a 4% ROI. Nothing crazy, but it is profitable. Uh, short road favorites off a win, minus 140 or less. You're even better, around 62%. The bats of the Red Sox, I think that's what you're leaning on. The huge discrepancy here. The Red Sox are hitting 260. That's third best in baseball. Seattle hitting 224. That's dead last in all of Major League Baseball. I also think Tanner Houck, not a household name, but mm -hmm. uh, in New England, this is a, kind of a young prospect with, I think, a lot of promise. So I look at laying it there with the Red Sox. Uh, another one, Pritch, you know what? Uh, we got to re resurrect our old, uh, our old hazmat, gross, disgusting dog play of the day. <laughs> okay. I think it might be the Pittsburgh uh, Buccos here, the Pirates. I know this one is gross, but um, it actually opened Cincinnati Reds on the road, like minus 155. They're all the way down to minus 135. We've seen a big, big move here toward the Pirates. They would match a lot of systems. Divisional dog, high total, at home, uh, reverse line move. Everyone betting Cincy at the Lions going to Pittsburgh. The other thing is kind of gambler's fallacy. You know, the, we think the Reds is a good team, um, and they lost yesterday. Pirates won. They got to bounce back and win today for Cincy. But since he struggled, they're four and eleven their last fifteen, and the Buccos, who we dismiss completely, they're actually five and two their last seven. So I'm gonna grab the plus money there with the Buccos, see if they can do it again. Uh, another one that caught my eye, Pritch. I've been banging my head against the wall with the Mets lately. I don't know why I do it. I guess I love the pain here. Uh, but give me the Mets. I like them at home. Uh, they opened minus 140. They've been steamed up all the way to around minus 170. That's a big move there uh, toward the Mets. Uh, also, keep an eye on maybe an overplay there. You know, the total was eight. It's really juiced up minus 115. Uh, if you look at the weather, it's hot in New York. The wind's blowing out. You have a pretty good over-referee, uh, home plate ump, Ed Hickox. He's about 54% to the over and then a late night play pritch. Uh, I I'll say it once. I'll say it again. If you keep giving me pick them type numbers with the mm -hmm. best team in baseball, I'm going to keep riding them. Give me the San Francisco low Gantes tonight. They've won nine straight. Uh, and again, they've, they've clinched the spot, but they can't keep, they can't let up here. Pritch. They still got to beat out the Dodgers. So there's motivation to play. Well, they're at home against San Diego. It's Musgrove against Leon, San Diego, um, or, uh, the giants are seven and four against San Diego. It was a pick them type game, Pritch. Now it's creeping up to Giants minus 110. So I'll be looking at uh, back in the Giants here once again to keep rolling. They've been one of the best teams in baseball at home and as a home favorite. And again, best team in baseball, and you're giving me like a pick them, just sure. a, a minus 110 juice number. I think the value there is just continuing to ride the uh, the Giants here. A motivated pick them too right there, like you mentioned. Uh, great job by you. The Dodgers, they clinch a playoff spot too. So you, you don't want to play that one-game situation uh, either way. I mean, it favors the Dodgers. Uh, and and the, the Giants know that. And I asked Josh Towers, who was on the program yesterday, about, okay, who would you lean towards or who would you favor in terms of a manager? Like, I don't trust Roberts that much. But then Cap on the other side might get the job done for the Giants. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And again, Dodgers are a powerhouse here. But can the Giants just, you know, shock everyone and win the World Series? They're going to be hosting the Troy Trophy, and we still believe in them. They're plus 900 yep. right now to win the World Series. Great job. We'll see you back on the program tomorrow, Thursday Night Football. The Edge coming up next right here on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 